is passionate about cars with Steve Kennard, teaching drivers how to survive the world of modern motoring and imparting wisdom to the next generation of motor technicians. So we're with Steve. Uh, this is a third take. I've had a bit, a bit of a technical problem, a bit of equipment failure here going on with the old recorder, but never, never, never mind. This is the, the third take now. Steve, you've had your brother down, haven't you? He's, apparently he's a chef. From, yes. from Oz yes he is yeah, yeah. Have, having nice barbecues and things absolutely yeah he's, he's been uh, making the food taste really wonderful being a chef um, you know uh, he's, he's, as I say he's um, even something silly like mashed potato tastes totally different mm. absolutely different so yeah it's been, it's been nice to see him and uh, yeah he's gone back to Oz now so um, I need to get my work head back on again yeah and there's, there's loads of um is it Peugeot's on the shop floor at the moment? Mm. I know you love French cars, don't you? Absolutely. L- let me guess, electrical problems. Yeah, French cars, uh, most of the problems we get with the French cars are coming are electrical problems. Um, there is... Uh, Excuse um, me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, this is life. Um, yeah, there's... Uh, no editing here. <laughs> no, definitely not. Um, we, we actually have a there is a Peugeot 206 there that, there's not an electrical problem actually okay. um, that particular one there has had a cam belt failure um, but actually when we looked into it it wasn't purely and simply a cam belt failure it was actually a partial seizure on the engine which has then done the cam belt it's had a total um, snowball effect um, the result is it requires another engine um, it's not viable to pull that one apart and rebuild it um, but what caused um, it to seize in the first place? Um, well, we haven't actually taken it out and stripped it down that far. We've taken the uh, cylinder head off mm. and um, had a look to see because it had a belt failure. Mm. Uh, engine itself was um, fairly well locked up, um, and uh, you know it, it wouldn't move either way. So, so we took the head off and had a look at it. And even with the head off, the crankshaft was extremely tight to turn. And it shouldn't be. Mm. If you've got the cylinder head off, you've got no resistances. Um, if the bottom end of the engine is uh, in pretty good shape, then it should rotate pretty freely. Mm. This one here, it's taking quite a, a length of bar on it to turn it over. So it's suggesting to us that um, the engine has suffered a bit of a partial seizure at some stage. Mm. And it, it's probably that that's um, resulted in the belt failure. Because the belt, in fairness, um, didn't look that bad if, if you inspect the belts most belts when they're um, coming to the end of their working life um, have got um, evidence on the belt if you inspect the belt you can see around the base of the teeth starting to crack up um, just general you know visible inspection of the belt will give you an idea on the condition of the belt um, this one here didn't really look too bad it ripped off some teeth where the engine had obviously suffered this seizure and um, and that's it and, and of course then it runs out of uh, sink can- camshaft to crankshafts and uh, you get and banging get, into each other yeah you'll get yeah. valves touching pistons yeah. um, which is what's happened uh, bents and valves but, but even then with the head off the engine should still rotate pretty freely it hasn't been or, or it, it won't do that so it, it's telling us it's got a problem internally um, and, uh, and that's going to result in you know we, we can take the engine out strip it down rebuild it but nowadays, the cost of doing that um, is more expensive than actually buying a ready-built unit to, to fit in. And, and that's what we're going to do with that one now. Peugeot. I see we've got one on the ramp there. 
Yeah, that, that one's just in having a service. Um, uh, that, that one there, it's uh, 307 Peugeot, uh, having a service. There is a, another 206, um, it's also having you a really service. Do like a, you look like a Peugeot showroom at the it, moment. It does. Peugeot's but, but then if you look at it from the other side of the coin, you know, if you see garages with lots of Peugeots in, what does that tell you? Mm. You know. They um, break down a lot. Yeah, there you go. Um, there is, uh, I mean, there's, there's plenty of other jobs in here at the moment, but, but going back to the Persia, we had another one in earlier in the week, a 1007. Um, fortunately, Persia have seen the light and have stopped making them. Right. Um, the, the, the problems you get with them, the, these are the ones with the automatic sliding doors. The theory's good, but maybe they should have built it better. Um, you know. Oh, is this the one where you press a button on the dashboard and the door slides open? Yeah. Yeah, USS Enterprise. That's it. Yeah, you got got the buttons there, one for each door. Oh, my mate's got one of these. Automatically Does, slide open. Did I go wrong? Oh yeah. Oh god. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Best of luck to him. Telling me, might all, all the while it's running well, he might want to <laughs> consider chopping it in because Peugeots have given up on them. They've oh, right. um, they've stopped making them. This is the C. Then a number. It's like the C. What is it? The this C? is the one double oh seven. Oh okay, right. It's the little one double oh seven. I'm not sure how long they've made them for but they haven't been out there that long and they've given up with them already um this this particular one had lots and lots of um again running issues management systems um throttle body problems ecus it's you know and and the car itself um was um a 55 reg so you know about four or five years old um again not that old where cars are nowadays but you know, if we're getting these sort of electrical issues on them now, at that age, what are they going to be like in another couple of years? Yeah, sure. So, so word of warning, anyone out there with a 1007, <laughs> offload it quick. Any issues you want to have a bit of a rant about, Steve? Mm. Motorist? Plays of the motorist? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Parking yeah. tickets? Yeah, there's, um, there's always, there is always something to talk about in Brighton on parking. Mm. You know, it's it's a very high profile sort of problem let's say in in this particular town and um and it's totally unnecessary uh, again it is a tax a lot of people maybe don't see it that way but the majority of people do view um th- they do view the the amount of money raised as nothing more than a tax mm. and that's what it is you know if um they keep on about this uh, we used to call it global warming it's no longer global warming it's climate change this is how they refer to it now, mm. because, you know, um, global warming infers that things are warming up. Well, we've just been through a nice little bit of a winter. How can you convince people of global warming if you've got an ice age coming? But well, so, especially so if the uh, <laughs> yogurt volcano keeps yeah. doing what it's doing, then we're going to uh, get quite cool if it uh, bellows out much more smoke, I'm yeah. guessing. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, you know, they, they're sort of saying that the last time that went, there was uh, quite a few million people that... Um, uh, didn't draw too many more breaths around Europe when that went. Uh, I think this was going back a couple of hundred years. But mm. um, there, was a, there was a lovely tweet about that actually the other day. There was a, if Iceland can't look after its volcanoes properly, it shouldn't have them. <laughs> yeah, well, there, there is that, and I'm I'm pretty sure that they would, um, if if possible, they would rather sort of uh, export them elsewhere. Like you know, <laughs> um, I mean, we won't get too political, but I know a few places they would be. Uh, you know, it would be a nice idea to send them to, but and it, we, we won't. <laughs> Free volcano it. with every whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean, if if the big one blows, because we call it the big one, that's what they keep referring it to. Um, What's the big one? 
Ah, uh, you know what? I, I can't even think it's of the not name. Not under of Yellowstone it. National Park, is it? That's a huge one, apparently. No, no, no. This is the one on Iceland. This is. Oh, there's a big one, is there? Yeah, yeah. Because oh, right. the one that's the one that's been giving us all the issues is is referred to as the small one. And Maybe. Yeah, and and uh, and they keep saying that um, back through sort of history, when the little one's gone, soon after the big one goes. Um, oh dear. So so it is that one we need to sort of watch out for, you know, but. Um, but whether we're talking about you know this year, five years, ten years, hundred years, even, um, I don't know. I mean, you know, in in um, sort of uh, in in terms of time, um, when we're talking about these things, you know, a hundred years or a thousand years is is uh, not a lot of time uh, when we're talking about these sort of uh, issues with volcanoes and that. Um, but, um, you know, I mean, all we can do is hope that we've got the jet stream going the right way so he's taking the ash cloud away from us and not, you know, having one of these freak perfect storm conditions that brings it down across the UK and across Europe. Now, going back to the subject of parking tickets, um, mm. I, is there a federation of Brighton motorists? If not, me and you are going to form it now. <laughs> and I'm going to propose, uh, between me and you, this is our committee meeting, uh, that we will impose a licence fee for anyone to serve a document on our motor cars of £350 per year. Do you agree with that? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, so, that, so, that so if we get a ticket, can I see your licence, please? Absolutely. If they've got it, then it's a £1,000 fine, plus they have to buy the licence at £350. Quid. Yeah, absolutely. You know, fight fire with fire and all that lot. <laughs> um, but, but there is actually, uh, there is the, the People's Parking um, Protest. Uh, I'm not sure the exact uh, name that they have. But do, do they wear berries with stars on? I, I don't know, but it might might not be a bad idea, actually, might it? You know, just get some high profile, and rather than hiding behind sort of closed doors, just get out there and do something. Um, you know, it's like, it's like everything. Uh, it, instead of us all, like, having a bit of a moan and a whinge here, there, and everywhere, you know, like, tonight when I go to the pub and have a drink with the mates, you know, we put the world to rights, and... And that's as far as it goes. You know, we have a little moan about this and that. We've had this conversation issues. before, haven't we? And you always, yeah, you always we, hold up the French with, with Revere because they do stuff. Well, yeah. I mean, they, they'll put up with so much for so long. Um, and, and, say, and, no. then, and then, like the volcano, they blow their top, <laughs> you know. Um, so, so maybe we ought to really take a leaf out of their book and, um, and, and protest against it. You know, um, I, you know the, they're, they're saying that um, the local budget um, the council's budget was uh, actually um, 25% of that. It was made up with um, 25%, which was the amount of money raised by what the council uh, so endearingly call the um, um, parking services. Parking services. Parking services. Now, you know, um, to me, if, if someone said to me parking services, I would think, oh, that's a helpful bunch of people you know parking services that infers that's a service it's not a service let's get it right it's not a service <laughs> what they're doing they're trying to raise as much revenue as they can you know um and again they're saying that it's working because over the last three years the actual amount of fines they've issued has actually dropped the worrying thing is that they're going to be looking at it thinking we're not getting the revenue now so what are they going to hit next you know they're, they're going to start looking at it and and they're going to be looking at it from the point of view we're not getting as much money in now so how can we make that up that's the worrying thing um and i do think that you know uh 
we've still got more to come um, but but people really need to make it known you know that um, the amount of charges is not necessary the cost of the car parking is too high um, if we want people to get on public transport then let's offer them a good service you need to have good park and ride systems in this town it's the only way to do it there you know you can't put a ring road around it i mean we've we've spoke about this before south side we've got the channel mm. unlike oxford and places like that where you can put a ring road you can't do that in brighton um so 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 we we don't have that luxury of being able to put a ring road around to divert traffic around us all we have is the a27 to the north of us you know which suffers its problems but but the a27 again is bitty it's not the continuous road that it was meant to be it's it's meant to be the um folkestone to honiton um trunk road it's supposed to take when it was first um talked about back in the 60s 70s there was the road they were going to put in along the south coast here called the the folkestone to honiton bypass trunk road and it it was going to actually um take the traffic from uh, like east to west along the sort of south coast um, along a route um, that you know it 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 would save people from having to go up onto the 25 along the m4 corridor and then down the m5 down to the west country it was going to be a link road from east to west without having to you know send the traffic up to london i mean it's it's no different to the town you know if if you want traffic to go freely from A to B, it's no good channeling, channeling everything onto one route because mm. it's going to jam up. And any time you get a problem, and let's face it, you know, you get an accident or something like that, the road gets closed. There's no alternative. You know, where, where does the traffic go? Mm. Uh, and this has been found to happen many, many times um, when we have a problem on the coast road. It, it can create all sorts of traffic jams four or five miles away nothing to do with that particular area look at salt dean mm. you know this this bus route through salt dean that's an absolute farce it's about time that they re-looked at that and done something about it because we still have lots of traffic issues through there mm. and and if we get a problem um last year we had a problem um with the lights at the bottom of longridge avenue i've mentioned this before um that resulted in the rush hour um, traffic actually queuing in Freshfield Road. Now, how the hell should traffic get affected in Freshfield Road from a problem with traffic lights in Salt Dean? This mm. was all because traffic that go through Wooding Dean to the Falmer Road down to Rotting Dean couldn't move. Nothing was moving. Mm. And, it, and it resulted in Elm Grove being jammed up. Freshfield Road was jammed up. Bear Road was jammed up. Falmer Road was jammed up university bypass because of one set of lights now how good is that you know that that is a that is a transport system is it have you ever uh, have you ever ever been to a city anywhere in the world where you um think that the transport system they've they've got it right ah there's there's lots and lots of places Mm. um where where traffic does flow um and yes they have the um the setup just about right um yes they have more more area more space to be able to have decent road systems um and and with brighton it is difficult because of the age of the town 
and and you know you've got to remember that all of these roads were built for horse and carts you know so so it's um unfortunately you know we we need to utilize what we've got and make the most of it and i do feel quite strongly you know as as comes across sometimes no that, kidding that this this um road planning people whoever it is that are responsible for trying to keep this city running um they're just not doing their job you know i mean they're being paid to do this job to keep the city running it's not happening you know everywhere you go every day there is a problem somewhere because the majority of traffic is being channeled onto one or two routes and that is it there is no alternatives you know everything channels you to a certain route east west you've got the coast the the coast road the a259 um north to south you've got to go up london road to to get out up onto the a23 you've got to go up the 27 to go up the lewis road Mm. look at the state of those roads you know bus lanes again why do you need a bus lane on those main routes that um perhaps see a bus every even if you see a bus every 10 minutes one bus every 10 minutes using that route Mm. how many cars are using that route in 10 minutes Mm. you know so in an hour if you've got a bus every 10 minutes you've got six buses use that road their own personal lane which let's face it is paid for out of the public purse Mm. and again um, I'll say again that is a private the bus company is a private company that's a public highway mm. and they're actually being given the public highway for their own use to to make money as a private company because they don't pay for it what what do they what do they contribute to the actual road building in this town you know i mean the go-ahead group um which is what the brighton ove um, buses are part of part of the go-ahead group i'm not sure what their um latest um reported profit figures are but um, but yeah, um, three years ago it was around the hundred million was was their profit. Um, now they got shareholders, understandably, like a private company. So any money they're making going to shareholders, um, it should actually be used to b- build their own roads or pay for the roads or, or pay a lot more towards the um, the road systems in the towns. It's not a pub. It's, it's not a public company. It's a private company that's the difference if it was public company you know then the public can fund it <clears throat> I, I don't have a problem with that when the buses used to belong to the public publicly owned and run uh, that way that's fine but when you're talking about a private company and that's what we've got <coughs> excuse me that's um uh that's the difference you know mm. um it's profits for shareholders uh, but we're actually paying for it well, Steve, so you better leave it there. Yeah. Um, I, I really do think we should try and get um, uh, the buses uh, anew together, uh, having a debate, and the traffic wardens. Oh, my, and we'll have a debate. My, my, my friend Roger French, yes. yes. Um, I mean, he's, uh, he's just got an award this week, I believe, for his 25 years as, uh, at the uh, helm of the buses in, in the town. Uh, good luck to him. Um, you know, he's doing his job, um, and he's doing it um, fine for what he does but the point is um, it is at the expense of a large group namely the motorists um, you know it's, it's at their expense really if I could persuade Roger to come on the show 
Would you be up for a debate with him? Oh, I, I doubt very much whether Roger would want to sit down and have a chat. I mean, we've... Well, we could stand up and we, have a chat. Well, we, we've actually um, sort of had a little bit of, um, you know, a, a rally, let's say, uh, in, in the local evening Argus. I've, I've had one or two letters in there that, uh, again, has voiced my opinions. Um, and Roger French has uh, had his say back. And, um, and it, it's, you know... Uh, I haven't actually put a letter in for a little while, so maybe, maybe it's about time I sort of ruffled these feathers again, you know. <laughs> well, Steve Kennard, um, passionate about motoring issues and cars, uh, and especially Peugeots. Thank you very much indeed. And don't forget, everyone, uh, First Class Garage, Kemptown, Brighton, UK, is a place to come to get your car fixed. Thanks, Andy. All the best, Steve. Thanks for listening to Passionate About Cars. Visit the podcast website at passionate-about-cars.com and Steve's excellent garage, First Class Garage, can be found at www.1stclassgarage.co.uk. 